0: We're talking about foundations, foundations, and uh, we were looking at the foundation of our faith. That is the basis of our faith. What led us to Christ? What led us to the knowledge of Christ? And how that affects our relationship going forward with Christ? You know, And what impact it has in our life today as believers or as people in the church. Uh, we have done part 1 to part 3 of this teaching. Uh, and if you, have, if you have missed any of this, I will encourage you to please go to our website or even on Facebook and listen to those messages. So that you can understand uh, where we are coming from. There's no way I can say everything I've said before uh, no matter how much I try to summarize what we have studied. But this teaching by the grace of God is to help us to check ourselves and ask ourselves where we are in Christ. Uh, are we on the right path or do we need to do something more to get us to where we should be? And um, We have looked at Different p- ways people come to the knowledge of Christ. The first one we look at is by the reason of the path. They were born to Christianity. They just come to know that they are, Christ- they are Christians because their parents are Christians. And because of the father, they go to church with their friends every Sunday or even more regularly depending on how committed the parents are, they flow into it. That does not necessarily make them Christian but they believe they are Christians. We also understood as well that many come to the knowledge of Christ by conversion. They were preached to, they got to know about Christ and they gave their life to Christ. But there are limitations there as well from the study we have had on this issue. And the third reason we have shared thus far is by need. By the reason of need they have. Many have need. And because of that need, they were pushed into other divine with Christ. Believing that when they know Christ, their problem will be solved. So their Christianity, in a way, is transactional. Transactional in the sense that they want to get something from God. And in doing that, need to get close to God and the danger there is that sometimes when you get what you want you can also walk away and I shared the last time I was sharing about this we look at Matthew 16 13 to 19 to really emphasize on that particular aspect of transactional Christianity when they came to the Lord Jesus Christ he told them something they didn't. They are not coming to him because of the miracles but because of what who can remind me because of what the bread they were eating you know that means that they are not drawn to God because of the power of God really but because of what they can benefit from being in his presence and what I was emphasizing on that day was the fact that if another person can give them the same thing that God gave to them, they will do what? They will go there. So that was why he was saying, it's not because of the miracle. It's not because I'm performing miracles. It's because you are benefiting from it. And I gave the example of the fact that the Pharisees and the Sadducees, when they saw miracles happening in the life of people, instead of appreciating God for it, they were saying, why should you do that? For example, the man at the pool of Bethesda, there was a miracle performed. It happened. They could see this man that was there for several years taking his bed. And all they could say is, why should you take your bed? Instead of appreciating God for his life, it were to be any of them that received a miracle on Sabbath would they complain about it? No, but they complained because it was not on them. The testimony was not their testimony. So it's, not about a, it's driven by personal needs, you know And that's what happened in many of our churches today. People come to church because they are driven by a personal need, and because of that, it is transactional Christianity. Praise the Lord. But we're not starting foundation on which kind of Christianity, which kind of, what should be the foundation of our faith? What should be the foundation of our faith? What should be the bedrock of our faith? What should be the thing that we build our faith on? Not just the fact that we want something from the Lord, but that's something that really you know, drives us or draws us closer and closer to God. What kind of expectation the Lord should have, expect from us. And that was what took us to Matthew 16, really. Matthew 16, 13 to 19. Praise the Lord. I will read from here. So when Jesus came onto the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he has his disciples saying, Who um do men say that I, the son of man, am? And they said, some say, thou art John the Baptist, some Elias, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He said unto them, but whom say ye that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, blessed art thou, Simon Bar-Jonah. For flesh and blood are not revealed it unto thee. But my Father which is in heaven. And I say also unto thee. Thou art Peter, And upon this rock I will build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatsoever that shall bind on her shall be burned in heaven. And whatsoever that shall lose on her shall be lost in heaven. I recall that the last time I shared from this, I, I mentioned that there were plurality of opinion about who Christ was. From the response that they gave to him. Some say you are liars. Some say you are John the Baptist. And I could recall I was saying that even John the Baptist, were, I was with them during that time. They were still saying he was, he is John the Baptist. That was confusion. And that's understanding is even in the church of today. Because if people understood who the Lord Jesus Christ is, uh, we will have a better relationship with him. And our day-to-day living, we begin to picture or represent what God Is to us, Praise the Lord. But. The Lord Jesus Christ. Did not stop. At asking the people around. Asking about. The opinion of the people around. He now. Put the question back to his disciples. The people that were supposed to be what? Close to him. They should know him. And I wonder why he was asking them. Say, even you, who do you say I am? It was not assuming that they know. It was not assuming that they know. And that tells me something. Even today, we must not assume that everyone in the church know who Christ is. Hello. And not only everyone in the church, people that were close are supposed to be close to him. Because he was asking his disciples, like the ministers, the pastors. Because I tell you, things that are happening in this world today, in the church today, that you have to say, if this person knows God, will he do what he is doing? So he asked, Who do you say? that's the people's opinion but what of you what do you say and Peter was the one that responded let's look at how he responded and the the conversation that followed and Simon Peter answered and said thou art the Christ the son of the living God are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus answered to him, Blessed are thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood are not revealed unto thee, but my Father in heaven. Which is in heaven? Praise the Lord. There's understanding I have from listening or reading that conversation. Praise the Lord number one thing you need to know about that conservation is coming to the knowledge of Christ is by divine revelation hello coming to the knowledge of Christ is by divine revelation it's not just about what you hear it's not just about the teaching they give to you when God has not revealed himself to you definitely you may not understand what is being said. He said, flesh and blood did not what? Reveal this to you. Flesh and blood did not reveal this to you. But my father in heaven, they were all exposed to that teaching. He has been teaching them. But Peter came and said, you are Christ. I understand who you are. Being exposed to the teaching is good. But when you come, when you have the revelational knowledge of Christ, that is a sure foundation that you can build upon. When you have a revelational knowledge of who Christ is, it's difficult for you to to fall aside. It's difficult. Because you know who you are dealing with. You know what it means to you. And that's why Many people are in the church at the same time. The word is shared. The same word, But somebody catches the revelation in that word, And others is like just another day. And that revelation brings that person and say, No, I need to give and love to Christ. And you begin to wonder, What did he hear that I he did not hear? What did, he, what did the person say that I did not hear? Is there anything different from what he has said that this man has? Hard. I make him to come out and say, I want to give my life to Christ. But when you have that revelational knowledge of who he is, you can't see them. That thing pushes you out, conflicts you. Say, that is you they're talking about. Get out of your seat. And it brings you out. Praise the Lord. Because many are exposed to teaching. But many do not have the revelation knowledge of Christ. The Pharisees and the Sadducees in his time, they knew the scriptures. They knew the scripture. They can quote it. They know the law. They understood what it means. But they never had the revelation knowledge of Christ. In fact, they were expecting who? The Messiah. And when the Messiah came, they did not recognize him. They couldn't. They did not recognize him even though they know the word. So knowing the scripture is one thing, having the revelation of who Christ is another thing. Do you know that the people that are not Christians, they know the scriptures. Some people are not Christians, but they are taking the time to study the scriptures. To understand the scripture. For their own reasons. And it should not surprise you. Because even the devil knew what? The scriptures. That was why in Matthew chapter 4 he was quoting the scripture for the Lord. So they have been exposed to the teaching. They, They were teachers themselves. But yet when he came, they could not recognize him. They were persecuting him. Because they have no other revelation knowledge of who Christ was. That was why in the book of Philippians 3, Apostle Paul wrote concerning himself. Let's read it. Philippians 3. Let's read from the beginning. Philippians 3. Apostle Paul wrote this. He said, Finally, my brethren, rejoice in the law. To write the same things to you, to me, indeed, is not grievous, but for you it is safe. Beware of dogs, beware of evil workers, beware of the concession. For we are the circumcision which worship God in the spirit and rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh. So though I may also have confidence in the flesh, if any other man take care that he has beware of, he may trust in the flesh. I more. Circumstance the eighth day of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, and Hebrew of the what? Hebrews, as touching the law, what? A Pharisee. He knew the scripture. But what was he doing? He was persecuting Christ. He was running after the people that are following Christ. Until he had what? A revelation knowledge of Christ. In Acts 9, he had that encounter on the way to Damascus. And God revealed himself to him. When God struck him down, he said, who is this? Who are you, Lord? Say I am Christ that you was persecuted, and he responded, "What do you want have me do?" That is the sign of somebody who has been touched. Somebody who thought in his said before that he knew everything, but he knew nothing. But when he had that encounter, God changing. Praise the Lord. And the Bible said it is only those people that God revealed Himself to that He will do what? Give the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Praise the Lord. It is good to be supposed to teach it, but it's good to have that revelational knowledge. Of who cries is because when you know who crisis, brethren, it consumes you, it consumes you. You, you, you it's not about yourself again. That's why we read for that scripture. Say concerning seal, that was a possible saying, concerning seal from verse 6. Concerning seal, persecution the church, touching the righteousness which is in the law, blameless. But what things were again to me those I counted lost for. Christ, yeah, doubtless, I I cannot all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ, Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do condemn what but done, that I may win Christ, and be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith, that I may know him, and the power of what is resurrection, and the fellowship of his first offering, be made conformable unto his death. That is somebody that has had divine revelation of Christ. Nothing else can stand between him and God. Nothing. He has gone to that stage that everything about him is all about God. And that is why, you know, when you are a believer and you have that revelational knowledge of God nothing stops you from worshipping nothing stops you from no no being where God wants you to be every other thing is secondary to you because you understand that without him you are nothing you cannot even be where you are that consumes you if your foundation is based on that understanding You will be strong. When the wind comes, you will stand still. Stand secure. Because the wind will blow. It will not blow you away. In the name of Jesus Christ. What am I getting at? That you are a congregant in the church does not mean that you are a congregant in the kingdom of God. Mark that word. That you are a congregant in the church does not mean that you are a kingdom of God. It goes beyond that. Until you have come to the true knowledge of Christ. Of who Christ is. Then he can give you the key. To the kingdom of God. And you can even discover that. That Judas is carried Who was he following? Who was he following? Jesus. He was exposed to the same teaching. That Peter had. Other people, But yet. He missed it. He knew he was telling them that one of you will do what? Will betray me. Yet he offered himself to be what? The betrayer. May you not betray me in the name of Jesus Christ. Because, you know, when you have come to the knowledge of Christ and you keep committing sins, what you are doing is that I will say that you are, you are kneeling into the cross again, second time. Praise the Lord. Another thing I can learn from that scripture was the response of the Lord Jesus Christ to him. Please can you go back to Matthew chapter 16 again. There's something interesting about the way the Lord responded to him. But verse 17. Matthew 16, 17. And say, I'm And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon by Jonah. For flesh and blood are not revealed it unto thee, but my father which is in heaven. And listen to this. And I say unto thee that thou art Peter. There's something different the way he responded. you know me and what i know you you are peter he didn't say you peter you are peter the second point here is that it is not only about you knowing jesus it's only about him knowing you he knew him he said you are peter and why he was giving him a name at that time his name is Simon by Jonah that means Simon the son of what? Jonah he said yeah you are Peter a rock and upon this rock I will do what? build my church upon this relationship of you knowing me who I am and I knowing you I will build my church Now, when you talk about church, friend, I believe you understand. It's not about structure. It's about you and me. Upon this relationship of you knowing me and I knowing you, I've been my child. That is the church that is built upon the rock. When that relationship is established, when that revelation knowledge is there, when he knew you as someone who can be called his own, then he can build his church on that relationship. Not what you acclaim alone, but what he also does say concerning you. Are you getting my point? Not what you say you are alone, what he says you are as well that relationship is what that builds the kind of church the Lord wants to see today. It's not just about Peter. It's about you and me as well. What does God know about you? What does he say about you? Because what he knows matters. And I tell you, much more than you think anybody knows, he knows about you. Praise the Lord. That relationship, that connection is the foundation the Lord wants to build upon. And they use the term rock because he said in his word, said a wise man builded his house on where? On solid rock. You want to build his church on a relationship that does not only say that you recognize him and identify with him. But also that he recognizes you and identifies with you. Does God identify with you today? Does he identify with what you are doing? Is he proud of what you are doing? Can he say to you today, you are my beloved. What is lacking? Because from what he said, not, you are not building your own church. Who is being built? Church of God. Upon this rock, I will build my church. So if it is not upon this, uh, if it is not on this structure, what you are building is your own church. What you are developing, what you are coming out with, is not of God. That foundation is not right. So I want you to check ourselves. What is our knowledge of God? What are we doing to get you know closer to Him? Is it just about what you are taught in church? Or what you are being revealed to you? Because I tell you when you have personal encounter and personal revelation knowledge of God, it drives you more more than what you hear from somebody. How many of you agree with that? You may, I may teach preach or anybody be the geo or anybody can teach and you have that understanding. But when you have that personal encounter, you read yourself, and there's a revelation there for you. Ha! You catch it catches you more than anything. More than anything. And when the waves comes, when everything comes, you know that, you know, I'm standing because of what you do, or what you have heard, what you have seen, what God has told you. The reason why many are struggling today as a Christian, as a believer, is because they have not had a revelational knowledge of who Christ is. There's no personal no knowledge of who Christ is. It all depends on what we have been taught. You need to move away from that level and begin to see yourself in the level of your personal discovery of who God is to you. And then you lay a new foundation of faith for yourself. Let's be on our faith. Mm-hmm.